Part fourteen of Alador by Henry Newbolt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters forty to forty two. Chapter forty How Ewan came to Alador. Then Ewan went forth again from the gateway, and he came to the edge of the high steep, to the place wherein the children had their pastime, and there, under the trees, he began to go to and fro for he was restless by reason of the song that was yet in his ears. And as he went to and fro, the song continued with him, and it worked as it were an enchantment in his blood, for he kept looking upon Alador that lay there under the sky border beyond the Shepherdine sands, and he saw it in a light that was no light of earth, and he knew no longer where he might be, but the world was lost and vanished from him, and his feet ceased from going, and he stood at gaze, looking only upon that land of his desire. Now at the first it was far off from him, but afterwards he beheld it near and clear past telling, for it seemed to him that power came upon him, whereby he had a vision of things not to be seen with eyes. And for the land he saw that it was in all ways like to the land whereon he stood, and in like shape it lay beside the sea margent, and in like manner it rose up in a high steep, green and grey, and set with tall trees and shadowy. And for the city, that also was of no strange semblance, for it was in fashion the very image and counterpart of Palador, and it was compassed with like walls and towers, and with like gardens and streets enriched and diapered but by imagination Ewan beheld the place otherwise, for in his vision he perceived it as a city of peace, and one that knew neither strife nor evil custom, nor men of wood, nor men of wildfire, but only young lovers and old friends and folk of free and gentle dealing. And besides these there were none other, save only fays and phantoms, and Ewan knew that it was in all things such a city, as seeing it he would have loved it in his youth. And his life days seemed to him but wasted, until he should enter and dwell therein. And therewith his spirit rose within him, and cried after that land with utter longing, for his memory and his hope were become one, and he knew not how to endure them. Then he started suddenly out of his vision, and went down the high steep like a rolling stone, and he came quickly with great bounds to the margent of the sea. And when he came there, he was aware of a little ship that lay upon the water, and it was made fast to the shore with a black rope and a white, and in it was a mast and a sail, and the sail was party black and white. And Ewan stayed not there, but leapt aboard and hoised up the sail, and he took the hermit's knife from his breast, and cut through the ropes, both the black and the white, for they were knotted strongly upon a ring of iron. Then he took the tiller into his hand, and the ship began to go swiftly from the shore. And he looked towards Alador, and saw it fair before him. But how he should come there he knew not, for he must come first into that white and tumbling water of the Shepherdine Sands. Right so he came flying amidst the sands, and entered into the quick of them and the ship staggered and went suddenly from under him, and he fell down and down to the bottom of the sea, and he fell flatling, and sprang up again and leapt upon his feet, 
and as he looked upward and beheld the sea as it were above his head all white and seething and he perceived how it was in truth no sea but mist and belike it was a mist of fairy for it rolled and swirled above him in all semblance like to the sea but there was in it neither death nor darkness then he went forward under the mist and as he went it broke and was made thin before him and he saw green grass beneath his feet and over against him a mount of grey and green and he knew that he was come unto the high steep of Alador, and he saw it with no amazement but with gladness only for it was with him as with a man that has been long voyaging and is returning at last into his own country and he loved the land and greeted it in his heart and he found the path and climbed upon it and came quickly to the topmost of the steep and as he went climbing he heard again the song that before was in his ears and at the first he knew not whether he heard it within him or without then he saw above him the walls of the city and the gates therein and before the gates were children playing and the children were the same children and their pastime was the same pastime for they stood a line in two lines and sang together after the former fashion and the words of their songs were these you shall find dreams in alador all that ever were known and you shall dream in alador the dreams that were your own then when he heard those words he assented thereto and he laughed in his heart and so passed on for they seemed to him nothing new but he heard them as it were out of childhood and sweet memory and he entered by the gateway and came singing into the city and the streets of it were cool and shining like pale gold for they were all agleam with a light mist of sunrise chapter forty one how ewan entered into the rhymer's heritage and how he found his lady therein now as ewan went into the city he went joyfully for his heart was uplifted and his thoughts were like high white clouds in a blue sky of summer and most of all he joyed to see the beauty of the place for the form of it was the form of palador but the beauty was mingled of likeness and unlikeness and wherever he looked there he saw that which he remembered and there also he saw that which he remembered not so that his joy was both old and new and when he had gone but a score of paces into the city he came to the court that lay before the great guard and in the entrance of it he stayed and there passed by him two or three which went not in and he asked them whose was the castle for he perceived that there was a change upon it and they answered him that it was no castle but the rhymer's hall for that by the rhymer it was long since founded and upbuilt and when they had so answered they vanished from him suddenly and were gone as though they had never been then he was astonished and pondered a little looking within the court and in the court he saw not the halberdiers and men a horseback which had been there aforetime but upon the steps of the castle he saw a five or six minstrels with their lutes and anon they sang and anon they talked together and by seeming their talk was all only upon their lutes and upon their singing then ewan came to them and greeted them and said how long is this become a place of singing and one of them answered him courteously and said 
fair lord by your will we sing and by your will we are silent seeing that we are but the servants of your dream and even as ywain heard those words the minstrels vanished and there was nothing of them left in that place save a little sound of lute-strings that lingered waywardly so ywain entered into the rhymer's hall and within door he found the porter and the man sat there reading upon a book and ywain asked him what read you and immediately the porter vanished without answer given and there was naught seen of him but his chair and upon the chair was the book whereon he had been reading then ywain came near and took up the book and looked within it and it was a wide book painted delicately with great letters and with pictures and the picture that was open before him was the picture of two lovers by a garden door and the lady stood beside the door and leaned upon it with her hand to open it but the lover came to her in habit of a pilgrim and his hat was broad above his face and shadowed it and ywain's heart quickened as he looked for the lady was his own lady and she stood there as living as the leaves in spring then he laid the book upon the chair and left it lying and he went through the rhymer's hall from end to end and through all the courts of it and out beyond and he came by a pleached alley to a close and looked across the close and upon the far side of it was a wall of stone and in the wall was a carven doorway and a door of wood and there before the doorway stood enya in the morning gold and she laid her hand against the door and looked a little downward as one that is waiting and musing and when ywain came to her she spoke no word but she turned away and led him through the doorway and the door fell back and closed behind them and it closed full slowly but at the last there was a small noise of clanking and the bar went home into the notch and that noise was sweet in ywain's ears for it seemed to shut the world away and he went to his lady as one that comes to his own land after long captivity and little they spoke in words but they looked each at each other and his eyes were to her like two bright spears levelled in battle and her eyes were to him like a valley at evening when the smoke goes up into the twilight then at the last he said to her what then is this place and she said it was the rhymer's heritage and now it is mine and that which is mine is yours for you have found it out and taken it and belike it was yours from the beginning for it is you that have made it anew and you are the master of your dream and as she spoke those words a fear came suddenly upon him lest she should also vanish and be gone from him and he would have cried aloud of his fear but she laid her hand upon his mouth and laughed and stayed him from uttering and she said i know your thought and vain it is for your dream and mine are one and not two as they were aforetime but each in other we have our home and our abiding chapter forty two how ywain and enya were given each to other and how they were wedded by the freedom of alador then ywain stood still and amused looking down upon the grass about his feet and he mused upon his pilgrimage whereby he had at last come hither and enya asked him of his musing and he answered her not but he said tell me o my beloved when shall be the end of this my pilgrimage and she answered it is ended 
for the shrine is found and the lamp of the world is lit afresh but he asked her again by what token shall i have certainty of this and she said by a flame and by a gift for by those tokens is love confirmed of all lovers both of old and for ever then his blood beat and his throat trembled and he said yea beloved but it may yet be far to the hour of giving and she also trembled and said the hour of giving is the hour of starlight and between the sun setting and moon rising it will be here then ywain looked again upon the ground and he saw beside his feet the long morning shadows and he said it is far o my beloved and she said nay but have i not told you that all things here are yours for that you only are the master of the dream then with her hand she pointed to the shadows upon the grass and they were two shadows that were as one and they lay upon a wide and open space and ywain looked again upon them and was amazed for the shadows drew in apace and they went round him as the finger goes upon the dial save that they went a forty times more quickly and he asked of his lady what mean these shadows for they are gone from the west into the east and she answered him softly o oh, my lord see you not that you are master even of the sun in heaven and she looked stilly into his eyes and a little wind of evening blew cool upon him then she took him by the hand and led him within the house and she brought him to an upper room and to a window therein which looked upon the city and the window was wide open and without it was a gallery of stone and ywain held his lady's hand and went forward upon the gallery then he looked down and saw beneath him the courtyard full of folk and the place was filled with the thronging of them and the street beyond the gates was filled also and at first the folk were silent and shadowy and the twilight gathered thick upon them and ywain looked hard among them peering to see if by their faces he might know them and by one and by two he knew them and there were by seeming in that place the faces of all men and women that he had known in all his life days then pity came upon him in a moment and great pain for he saw them as folk lost and gone from him and he would have had them to be partakers in his joy and in that moment came a light of sunset into the sky and it glowed upon the faces of them that were before him and they cried all together and called him by his name giving him friendship and honour and ywain shut to his eyes for there was that which burned them hotly and when he looked forth again there was neither face nor form of any man but only a sound as of folk departing then ywain said to Enya, are there not also some within doors in this place that i may do them courtesy and she answered they too are of the bordure of your dream so she brought him within and they went towards the great hall and there went with them lights and trumpets and when they came to the hall they found there a great company of knights sitting at a feast together and the knights were in number a hundred and they were all they which in their time had sought the lady enya and her love and their feasting was full sombre and courteous and when they saw ywain and enya they rose up and did them reverence and they gathered about them and spoke many things of honour and of farewell then ywain gave them thanks with the like honour and immediately they faded from before him 
and with them the lights also faded and fell to darkness and in the hall was none left with ewan and enya save one child only and the child was nowise strange to them for it was he which had been the beginner of their pilgrimage and in his hand was a torch burning and he bore it up before them and about them the shadows went dancing upon the walls and upon the roof and he went down the hall and they too followed after him with hand in hand and so he brought them to the chamber where they should be wed and when they were come there he turned his torch downwards to quench it upon the floor and the flame of it vanished and the child therewith and the place was lit by starlight only but in the chamber was also a little glowing as of embers and ewan saw there an altar of bronze and it seemed to him right ancient as a thing made in the time out of mind and beside the altar was a platter of meal and a cup of red wine standing and enya took the meal in her hand and in like manner ewan took the wine and they too stood beside the altar on this side and on that and sprinkled it with meal and wine and there went up from it two bright flames of fire a red and a white and they spired up and were entwined together so that they were two colours but only one flame then ewan looked upon his beloved and said the flame is here truly but where is the gift and she also looked steadfastly upon him and answered him the gift is here but it is yours to show first the manner of the giving and thereat he took her by the hand and said here in free marriage i give thee the body of me my life with thy life my blood with thy blood my dust with thy dust to be mingled and made one then with a low voice she said after him the same words and he said again here also i give thee the heart of me my love with thy love my hope with thy hope my sorrow with thy sorrow to be mingled and made one and those words also she spoke in like manner then he said the third time here also do i witness that i have given thee long since the spirit of me to be thy friend and fellow to the end of pilgrimage yea she said and thereafter and with thee and with all the spirits to be mingled and made one then she said again as to herself only now i am wedded by the freedom of Alador, and so is my promise fulfilled and when she had said that she fell suddenly to weeping and she went to the window and leaned upon the sill and ewan came near and he saw her tears falling bright under the starlight and he was both sorry and afraid and he took her in his arms and asked her many times wherefore she wept and she told him not and at the last she said that will i tell you but not now and i weep not for sorrow but for remembrance then he solaced her with comfort of strength and of silence and afterwards they went joyfully to their wedding and to their rest and the moon rose on Alador, and they saw her not for they slept as it had been the sleep of childhood end of part fourteen